Can I ask a really quick question that's that's about Mary Tyler Moore, but also about a lot of these shows? Why, Why do they all have New York accents what? when they're in Minneapolis? <laughs> that's that was o- only only she some just of them moved did. there at least. Um, what? Why? What is what goes into the calculus of we're going to name a show after the star? Are we going to have them have their real name in the show? Right. Yeah. Have them have the same first name and a different last name, or have them have a completely different name in the show? How does that? But it's still what named the, after the star. Yeah, I don't know. It's but banking, it's still named after the star. So at the first part, obviously, is they're just banking on like you being familiar with this actor. And that, like, you will watch it because they're in it. Because Mary Tyler Moore was very famous from being on the Dick Van Dyke show. What's funny about the Dick Van Dyke show is that Dick Van Dyke's character is named Rob Petrie. See, this is yeah. exactly <laughs> not even Richard. She kept her first name yeah. and not the last name. Well, I think it's an I evolution through time. I, you know, yeah. I feel like the majority of of these shows, up until a certain point, they had different last names. They were different people. Yeah, they were. Mary Tyler Moore themselves. pays taxes. Exists in the real world. Mary Richards is, you know, a, a flighty woman that exists only in the, the collective unconsciousness. And But then you get, like, Jerry Seinfeld, who is just Jerry Seinfeld. But that's and Seinfeld. That's not the Jerry Seinfeld show. That's yeah. fair. Okay. Or like, or, like, you know, the famous actor Curb Enthusiasm. <laughs> Curb Y Enthusiasm. <laughs> Bill Angle? Bill Angle show? He plays Bill Pearson. I'm just saying. I think, uh, I think uh, the majority of these ones in the blank show are first name... Different last name, Different. majority. Yeah. Right, Ma- the majority. But you can. You need that there separation. They would lose themselves otherwise. That's but true, there are yeah. exam- they would there are too exa- far into the abyss. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there are examples of first name, different last name, and yeah. and unrelated name. name entirely. Yeah. yeah. How do you write yourself an unrelated name? You know, if you're like involved in the creation of a show that has your name, like, what do you think if you personally had that, like, would go into your decision? Like, how do I name myself again? Mary Tyler Moore, also a better name than Mary Richards. Matt, like, talk to any person who's like a little bit crunchy and decides they need to go by River or like... Yeah. Matt would kill himself you know, before yeah. he would do this. Yes, um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the Bob Newhart show. Okay. He is Dr. Robert Hartley. Of course, you know, okay. Robert. Yeah. yeah, Bob. Oh, I'm glad in that Kojima Newhart, wrote that. In Newhart, he is Dick Loudon. His name Dick is Loudon? Dick Loudon. <laughs> I lost the original point that I was going to make. I was going to ask, what is he it. on the two Newhart shows? But I was not expecting that one. First we had Dick Hollerin, yeah. and now we have Dick Loudon. <laughs> check out check out Benson, the new television show coming to CBS this year, where I play Dick Wilden. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. It's as you know, the podcast dedicated to covering the first and last episodes of every television program in existence because we were cursed, we, we, we encountered a witch, we took her apartment, and in payback, we were forced to watch all television shows. I am Ian Benson. Joining me, as always, my associate producer, Matt Ciani. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm from Minneapolis. Man who mispronounced Chicago, Travis Marmon. <laughs> My wife's got the greatest caboose. 
I was going to do that one for Stephen. A man with a great caboose, but not as great as my wife. It's Stephen Dowden. I have one personality trait, and it's that I'm drunk. Can we all do Ed Asner saying, and she got a great ass? Because that's all I thought of. It's hard to do an Asner. It is. God, he's I great. I wish I could. Was he's great. the king, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Uh, like everyone on this show within the last five years. Also, oh, God, dude, damn, getting that, getting that off the top. Uh, we are gathered here today, of course, to talk about the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which you already know because you saw the episode description. Unless you're one of those people who just lets the episodes play from one into another, Hi, as Jeff. if it's like a weird NPR station. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. The Mary Tyler Moore Show, of course, was a television sitcom created by James L. Brooks and Alan Burns, starring actress and namesake Mary Tyler Moore. It aired on we CBS. Love James L. Brooks. It aired on CBS from 1970 to 1977, where Moore portrayed Mary Richards, an unmarried independent independent woman focused on her career at a news show for uh, local station WJM in Minneapolis. It also features, of course, Ed Asner, uh, Gavin McLeod, Ted Knight, George Engel, and Betty White, as as and well Cloris as Valerie Leachman. Harper and Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Well, they get listed later in the thing because they left to have yeah. their own shows. Because this show spawned four spin three spinoffs. I love that they're all uh, they're all named uh, like for I don't know Stephen or Matt if you know about the spinoffs of the show. Can you guess what the spinoff starring Rhoda is called? If you don't, I do know about it. Uh, on the Rhoda. Nope, it's <laughs> nope, just Rhoda. Just Rhoda. Just Rhoda. Uh, how about the one that stars Phyllis? What do you think that's called? Uh, fill this cup with your tears. Uh, no, it's just called Phyllis. Uh, what about the one with Lou? Uh, losing effort. No, it's Lou Grant, and it's a drama. <laughs> it's a drama. Okay. So you could you say it's a losing effort. It. Wow. See, but like, I guess, is it, is it a current thing where it's like, oh, we want to do a spinoff with this character. Let's do a pun with their name, like Better Call Saul, which is funny because that's actually not a pun. Their name's you a pun. Have, you don't talk about Better yeah. Call Saul because you haven't watched Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was like, Better Call Saul is his yeah. slogan within Breaking Bad also. And yeah. also, yeah. that one's weird because they were like, this will be a comedy. And then they were like, never mind. <laughs> it's extremely not a fucking comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, how much better would it be if they were like, what are you talking about? It was fucking funny. I yeah, wouldn't even funny. argue that that's it's funnier true. than Breaking Bad is. <laughs> like it's Breaking Bad's such a weird show because people are like, yeah, it's so serious. Also, there are these there are these and and over the course of seven seasons, these there are these two hilarious moments that everybody loves talking about. <laughs> There's a bunch of funny moments on Breaking it, Bad. Breaking it was Bad not just like a dour like grim thing. Somebody I, like like I haven't seen the show. I yeah. know somebody throws pizza on a roof. Very pizza funny. And so I know, dipping stick, Skyler. Uh, and like I don't know. There's something else with the, every funny moment has to do with the wife. Like, I mean, there are, there are comic relief characters on Breaking Bad. Like, it's yeah. not just that there's two. I mean, Gale, originally funniest character in television history. Fucking Gatorade me, bitch, was definitely for laughs. Maybe not super yeah, funny Yeah, bitch, now, magnets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary though. Tyler Moore. Funny show. Good show. Yeah. to be funny. Who's on watch? Who do we got on watch? So like many fucking on this show. Do you know how much <laughs> I had to double check yeah. and like quadruple check? I was like, have we done Asner? Do we have, oh, yeah, God, do we have any so all-stars at all? I didn't no, spot just a anyone. Bunch of people on watch. But Moore, it's going to happen. Leech, Leechman. We, uh, did you know that this show had two people who voiced DC uh, obscure comics character, Granny Goodness? No, I didn't. So we, I don't know what the same. Of Chorus Leechman and Ed Asner both voiced Granny Goodness. 
the leader of the uh, the Furies, the, uh, the the you know the armies of Apocalypse. And I just saw that, and I was like, well, fuck, if we ever do one of those cartoons, I'm going to have to say, oh, Cloris Leachman is an all-star <laughs> for the Mary Tyler Moore show and for playing Granny Goodness. If we ever do Freakazoid, I believe Ed Asner shows up as himself several times, and I want to say he's in. Or at least he I'm like going to miss Ed Asner. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going, when the first time it happens. King. No, I still do. But yeah, it's good. Like, it probably already has, and I just, it's, there's too yeah. much. Yeah. Um, something we haven't checked on in a while that I realized in the last couple episodes. Ian's thirst watch on uh, sitcom characters. I've got your back on this one. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Steven's probably a Rhoda man. Uh, Rhoda's definitely the hottest also. character in the show. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. For sure. No, she, is, she is. Like. No, man. <laughs> not not really. What? But MTM, the, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah that Mary first episode. Hello. Okay, but like... Okay, like... <laughs> Not so She's, much after she, she dramatically changed her hair and makeup. I don't. I didn't like the look that she was going for in season seven, season six, whatever. She, but she's also a bit older and like leaning into a ma- more mature character. Uh, I I think that I'm a modern man. <laughs> <laughs> We're all modern men. <laughs> We've been over that. What is this bit? Travis, do you have a catchphrase now? It's is that Ian, what this it, is? Ian started more. Ian's I, it is actually me. <laughs> anyway, she's hot. It's not controversial. It was she was famous for it at the time. Yeah, she's hot. I'm not saying she's not hot. Don't don't put those style icon like. Yeah. Don't put oh, those. Yeah. Also, uh, kind of type. Half those outfits are things people I know would wear today. Uh, yeah, totally. For a thing from 50 years ago. Well, that's also because everyone you know loves the Austin Powers franchise. <laughs> <laughs> that's what their real style inspo. <laughs> yes, that's that's what our our real inspo is. Is is that mod that it's specific Felicity moment Shagwell. in mod culture? Oh, uh, I actually that that's actually what I should get. That's going to be the first. I'm, I'm making this note for myself. That's going to be the first soundboard for this this show. Is when we mention one of our go tos being, you know, Friday Night Lights, which we've already mentioned, Austin Powers, which we've already mentioned, nine eleven, which we haven't quite mentioned yet, and you know the list. There's just going to be like a ding sound that goes a off ding. when we mention it. For, oh, for I was hoping it'd be like relevant to the thing, so like you um, just get like a slight bit of Quincy Jones thing that plays whenever we say Austin Powers. Yeah, the sound of the planes crashing. <laughs> yeah, well, I was about to say, <laughs> Stephen, at Criterion Night this past week, we watched all that jazz, and there's a musical number. Oh yeah, that's supposed to be where there's like, it's for like an airplane or something like like an airline. There's like a musical that involves that, and you have all these people dressed as you know, like they start out, and you're like, okay, so these are supposed to be like the flight attendants, and then they're just like stripping, and eventually, it's just, it's just, you know. It's it's as close to sex as you can get in this production without them actually having sex. And somebody says, I would like to see the musical sex plane. And then very quickly afterwards, somebody else in the somebody room says, oh, God, plane. a second sex plane has hit the towers. <laughs> <laughs> and we like had to pause the movie. This is the, the worst thing a man has ever said during his first threesome <laughs> while God. looking at his penis. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you working so blue from Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> what the hell? Let's let's dial it back. So let's just, just, a- just gets, picked. you know, gets you going. <laughs> Listen, you see a woman in a newsroom and she's barking orders and she's she's being all sassy and you're just like, "Listen, it makes sense that you made broadcast news, James L. Brooks." Did he work in journalism before? Is that his his thing? Also, I do I do need to mention because I don't know when else I'm gonna be able to talk about it. So the show's co-created by James L. Brooks and Alan Burns. 
Did, were you guys aware of one of the previous shows, My Mother the Car? <laughs> I saw the name, but I I need to know Which what it we, is. I it's, didn't it's, it, it's uh, it might wind up being my pick for the single season special. It's a show yeah. about a guy who's <laughs> it's a show about a guy whose mother his mother's soul is reincarnated in the body of a of a basically like a Model T. Oh, uh, so, that so he like, drives uh, around. like Rivervale. Does that happen in River? Does that happen in Rivervale? A second I mean, plane uh, has hit the towers. <laughs> <laughs> does that? What would the Riverdale sound be? Does that happen in Rivervale? Uh, the, it's not, not a, not it's not a car. Mother, but Reggie's teacher is reincarnated in the uh, in his car, and then uh, Veronica smashes the car, and then he's like, that, "That she meant so much to me." They were probably just referencing my mother, the car. That would be great if they were doing camp references to that show. <laughs> <laughs> they used to do it on The Simpsons all the time because James L. Brooks. Uh, wrote yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about James L. Brooks in a sec uh, because Travis, I was getting ready to answer your question before you kept talking about my mother, the car, which I understand. <laughs> um, but yes, he did work uh, for CBS. Uh, he he like covered like the the Kennedy assassination. He worked in Los Angeles. He was at CBS when he met. Alan Burns, then they were like, what if we started doing television? And then James L. Brooks became one of the most pivotal figures in the history of American yeah. media. As one does. Yeah, because, you know, he and yeah, helped create this as one of the iconic sitcoms. This is like the, the workplace sitcom. His shows are Mary Tyler Moore, Taxi, The Simpsons. That would be enough. That would yeah. be titanic and monumental achievements. Yeah. But also... As a director, he made broadcast news and as good as it gets in terms of endearment. He won best. And Spanglish. We're going to get to the back end, okay, in a second. <laughs> Not as good as a back end as my wife. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to write her a letter. That was very funny. It, his, first, his first film, he won best director, it won picture, it won actress, it won screenplay, it won supporting actor. Jesus Christ. His first film. It was a Who monster won for hit. actress. Was uh, it uh, Holly in terms Hunter? of endearment? Was his first film? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. When he won, and so it was uh, Shirley MacLaine and then Jack Nicholson, and then he does broadcast news, and you're like, "This man can do anything," and then he's like, "You're right. I'm gonna make. I'll do anything." And they were like, "Oh God, no, James. Oh no, <laughs> no. You shouldn't have done that." And they were like, well, "You can't do it as a musical." And he's like, "Fine. You don't want a musical starring Nick Nolte." Well, cut it into a non-musical, and it's an absolute mess, and he never really recaptures. Except, I guess, also, he then directs as good as it gets, and Jack Nicholson does win an Oscar. So, his last film was called How Do You Know? It stars Reese Witherspoon, Owen Wilson, Paul Rudd, and Jack Nicholson. It's like a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. It cost $120 million. <laughs> That was mostly Nicholson's salary, I assume. Yeah. Um, uh, n- well, <laughs> Nicholson was a last-minute replacement because they fired, I think it was Bill Murray, where like, this just isn't working. Or Murray left and was like, yeah, this just isn't working. So you do have to imagine, like, they called, Jack, like, James L. Brooks calls Nicholson and, like, listen, Jack, I know that you're kind of retired from acting. I need a hand. He's like, I'll do it. $40 million, though, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie about a softball player who winds up, like, in love with a baseball player, but also a, a businessman who's about to go to jail for securities fraud because he's been set up by his father. What did it, it make? $40 million dollars against a $120 million <laughs> budget. It came oh, out this. in 2010. Travis, you and I were friends when this film was released. <laughs> so that was what's up with the James L. Brooks portions of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Alan Burns yeah. uh, co-created The Munsters and Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. That's a, a list of shows. Did I pick both of those shows? You did. Yep. Big big fan of that guy. You watching? Uh, are you watching the Rob Zombie uh, Monsters movie for Halloween? I suppose I could do that. I saw somebody call that a non-penetrative porn parody. <laughs> I heard it's Jesus. okay, but also like one of the most baffling projects of like recent memory of like why. Like, he just loves his wife. Okay. Do this. I know. He just wants to see his wife as a sexy vampire, and whatever. Whom's doesn't. To Zombie Bob for that. Why does but somebody go visit their sister for a month? Does she live across the world? What? Like that's a long time to go see your sister, unless somebody's dying. You know. Yeah. What? It's 1970. Maybe she just had to take a you know uh, a steamboat. She was traveling for a month, but she was only going to be there for a week. Love that we're jumping two thirds into the episode. Uh, before <laughs> we're not. Sorry, I just got. I was just episode. thinking. I was just thinking about. I was just thinking about wife guys and wives and people who. Oh no! The era of the wife guys has ended. It's over. The sun has set on it. Wife guys will be hunted down. They'll be executed. Travis is being spared because he's just uh, just a partner guy, a girlfriend guy. Yeah, I've never I've never once posted a picture of my partner on Instagram and been like, "Look at this," you know. <laughs> Look at this. Don't be me. Check out this hottie. I don't do that. That's why I'll be spared. Steven, you started to say why you picked this show, and I think we got sidetracked to talking about. My mother, the Jimmy car. Brooks. That, that doesn't seem possible. We got sidetracked. Mary Tyler Moore is a show that has a lot of influence in the world. Mm-hmm. And James L. Brooks is a dude who people know. Mary Tyler Moore is a name that everybody knows, despite the fact that most of our generation has never seen this show. And to be honest, I'm getting tired of my picks and the way that I pick them. So this might be one of the last, this might, I mean, for a while, right? I think I might change it, but, but it's the Stephen Doughton. Yeah. I, this is a show I wanted to know about because it's a show that people know about pick. Um, I might stop that for a couple months here, but it was fun. I understand the course of buddy Holly better now. The thing is rivers Cuomo does look like buddy Holly. Does anyone, did anyone ask if he wrote that song because the, he was just dating a girl who looked like Mary Tyler Moore. I find it highly unlikely that Rivers Cuomo pre-1994 dated anyone that looked like Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe he was goofy, <laughs> Travis. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He was goofy. I don't know. He was goofy. So she let him hit. He was, he the was blue in album a is not made by a guy who gets allowed to hit because he's goofy. I had like a full emergency, like sprint over to a friend when I was just like, <laughs> Listen, Trevor Noah's quoting The Daily Show because he kissed Dua Lipa one time and is ready to completely destroy his life by just frothing <laughs> at the mouth to talk about this I'm moment. I'm sorry. Is that why Trevor Noah's quitting? He's, he was spotted with Dua Lipa, and then like the next day he's like, yes. I'm done with this life. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, what? Because because he's tired of tabloids? Or? No, 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 no. He no, just, no, no. He he just, just got a better life. He's putting in more to drop a nuclear bomb He wants to free up his time life. to hang out with Dua Lipa all the time. Oh, 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 it's going to be so sad for him when they don't like spend their entire life together. Yeah. We don't know this, but we know this pretty solid. It's the positive it. version of, uh, of Jonathan Saffron for writing letters to oh Natalie Portman. Are we, are we, the thing is, are we going to step up our game to try Can to that be to, one uh, of the soundboard drops? If we reference that time for <laughs> sent the emails. <laughs> Cause that does come up often. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do we have a list of these somewhere, Ian? I'll make I'll, them if yeah, you don't can, have we it. We can start. We can start. I'll start. I, I, sorry. I was in the middle of saying something about... Mary? About how you're tired of your picks? Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, the, the way I, you yeah, live your like, life? Uh, maybe. I, I was just going to say, shouldn't uh, shouldn't we be stepping up our podcast so that the Daily Show producers you know, pick one of us to be the next I, Daily Show? Host? I don't think the Daily Show is going to continue. <laughs> like... I think you're just going to be like, yeah, let's back it up. There's already rumors that they're going to make Roy Wood the host. Um, oh, okay. Good for Roy Wood. Keep he was going, really good. Because Libs still, I mean, obviously Libs now have many outlets for them th- to get the yeah. same kind of shit that Daily Show does, but like, it's still an institution that they like, just because no one you know watches the Daily Show anymore and no, none of That's... us associate with people who do does not mean it's not still pretty popular. I mean, I mean, again, it was popular enough that Dua Lipa was like, why not? That's wild. He's, I mean, he's not Trevor Noah unad- is much more handsome than he is funny. I don't find him funny. funny. I was going to no, say. he's deeply yeah. I, I don't find him funny. I don't find him funny, but he is, like, fairly attractive. He's good looking. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Bring back Kilborn. I just... It was, like, me... It was me piecing together what was going on when I opened up Twitter the other day, and the first tweet at the top of my feed was, I'm very attracted to Dua Lipa, but I don't think I could satisfy her sexually. And I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> let me dis- let me discover what's, what the conversation topic is. <laughs> You should be like an investigative BuzzFeed writer or whatever. Like you're better then at I'm gonna than get, the people who have that job. Then I'm going to get uh, in trouble when I cheat on my wife. Yeah. The major- So I, I think Matt spoke for us all uh, last week when he said uh, that none of us have ever watched this show, right? No, of course not. Like was just like, I'm only going to reference no. Hold Steady when talking about Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> I knew the hat toss. Like I knew the right. theme. Good theme. Yeah, like, yeah. And you get it and you watch it and you're like, I can see this influence on so many More things big already. horns. That's that's what you want with all themes? I thought I thought a lot yeah, about 30 Rock horns. when watching this and then was just Wikipediaing it and lo and behold, Tina Fey is like, yeah, that was a huge influence on what I wanted to do in comedy and like specifically in a workplace comedy. It, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting Premise the way... I, I did kind of a, like... How, it's weird to watch things from a lens of like this was clearly a progressive show for its time, and like there's a there's some things that are like vaguely, vaguely problematic, but on the whole, they're clearly like oh yes, let's take the point of view of a strong independent woman who is making her own life, but and it like one of the things they do in this show that is that is wild is like acknowledge inherent sexism in the world and just go, yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. It's there. Yep. Uh, it's happening all the time. Yep. And she's just like, yes, it's happening. Sure. Yep. I just have to deal with it. Um, which is cool. And it's cool. And now when, Mary it's cool Tyler when, Moore's personal feeling on that is it's actually good that that's happening and it's cool. Obviously she's dead. Well, now, her personal feeling is nothing because she's been dead for five yes, years, but, but she did. Yes. Eventually become a big, uh, a, a libertarian centrist in her own views. She very um, much renounced yeah. the stuff that the show supposedly stands for uh, and became a big yeah. Fox, Fox news lady. Who is Ugh. she? Dime store. Uh, um. Daryl. I was trying to say John Voight paused for a second. I was like, oh, is she like a dime star John Voight? And then then just Daryl. You know, dime store Daryl. You know, that guy from Pantera. Yeah. Killed in Columbus. Um, Anyway. So, one of the ways this progressive. They tore that venue down, right? 
like you said, uh, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, like you said, it was progressive for its time. Um, one thing that's interesting about it is, so her character's reason for being single is that there was a broken engagement. They originally wanted her to be a divorcee. Uh, one reason they didn't go with that is because divorce was still very taboo to discuss on TV. The other reason that she's not a this divorcee rocks. is because I wanted to bring this up. The executives thought people were too stupid and that they would think that her character from the Dick Van Dyke show must have divorced Dick Van Dyke's character, which was their favorite couple or whatever. And you know, it ruined their ship basically. Uh, so they were like, we can't do that. <laughs> so we have to, we have to make it clear that this is a different human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, that's fine. I think it works fine as her not being a divorcee. <laughs> it does change the vibe. Yeah, but it's fine. I think it yeah, works. it worked. It was fine. I'm going to hammer this home. I'm looking at the photos from the uh, Dick Van Dyke show. She was so hot. Anyways, <laughs> she, <laughs> she was so hot. She was yeah. or Dick or Dick Van Dyke was. Dick, Dick He's Van Dyke's he was handsome, handsome too. I think of him now as an old man with the huge yeah, beard and stuff fella. or whatever the Bernie rally. But yeah, right. She still was, out there. She still was kicking. Extremely, King, right, she was style legend. icon then. She's like responsible for like the popularity of Capri's or something because of Jeez. her work on that show. But yeah, oh, it's very weird that, to that see her. True. It's very weird to see her like in black and white so much. And then suddenly in color. Anyway, there's a moment for is like last year when Steven and I just uh, were like going back and forth about Elaine may being like an all time dime. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, Oh, people were hot then too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Grace so Kelly. Hot. Did you know she was very attractive? No, 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 no. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. We're talking about sixties funny women. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what fair. we're on about. That's fair. Uh, but I was going to say, if we've learned anything from seventies TV, uh, and doing this, it's that like, executives just had no faith in the American public to understand. Right. Like, yeah. Between that's this when it and ended. the Hulk. <laughs> I know, but just like, it feels particularly then between this and like the Hulk one. That's like, he can't be named Bruce. Cause that's too gay. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> 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 All the reasons that people have. That dude, so they are that absolutely having the same conversations now. Yes, that is a hundred percent what's going on now. It's a miracle. Anything a clever could ever be created in television. <laughs> So should we get into the plot? Of the number of television shows I watch that are adapted from books where they're like, you can't name these guys those names. The audience is going to get confused if there's a Yara and a Yana. They can't do that. It's a miracle Game of Thrones was able to have like seven Robs and four Brandons or whatever. Are we ready to get into the plot of the pilot of the Mary Tyler Moore show? Yeah. And this beautiful so. fake snow that we see. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. It was hilarious. Quote, unquote, Minneapolis. Matt, you're the only one with the who spent significant time in the Twin Cities of any of us, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Good old Mindianapolis. Did this get the vibe down? No. This was Mostly the vibe of LA a TV show with people sets. who were from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, yeah, that is interesting. Nobody had a Minnesotan accent. Did you ever show up at uh, Redacted's house um, with like just some some flowers that you stole? And like, you know, hesitate when you said that you loved her, and she kicked you yeah, out. Potentially her in the room. Hard to say. To I've now googled that. Mary Tyler Moore, Juicy Lucy. The results are unfortunately nothing. Mm. <laughs> well, you you must have safe search off. I assume. Yeah, the very bad. They got the Minneapolis vibe very wrong. This is very harsh. This is so un Midwestern, and. Uh, <laughs> I didn't appreciate well, they're that. They're news folk. No, it's not out of character eh. for them to all be transplants. Eh, fair enough. Media jobs, you, especially like back then, there were media jobs. Uh, 
but you would still just be like, yeah, well, that was when I was covering things down in New Orleans, and then I was in, uh, I was in D.C. for a year, and then I jumped over to Minneapolis for a couple years, and, and uh, now Providence. I'm looking at Topeka. Yeah, heading to Providence next, and all that. Just the like, top. Yeah. So she Jesus. moved. So her character moved to the Twin Cities to apply for this job that is already filled by the time she gets there. To be yeah. fair, to be fair she said she, she said she had like four job interviews lined up. Yeah. I okay. didn't, I took and this she as just like, got, she just got the first one. And like, it's unclear if she's supposed to be from New York or if she sounds like that. Cause Mary Tyler Moore's from New York, but maybe she's a small town girl and she's like, I moved to the twin cities cause it's the big, it's the big time. It kind of seems like yeah. she moved to the to the, the Twin Cities partially because she had a friend who had an apartment hookup. It was yeah, like, oh, I've got yeah. this nice apartment for you. Whomst, whomst wouldn't. Right. I've apartment's heard it's nice. nice but I've, I've personally had somebody with an apartment hookup in Minneapolis, and I did not move to Minneapolis. Let me be very Well, there, I think there were some underlying circumstances <laughs> regarding that It's one. hard to say whether that's the case, but I, I that just... That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Who could say? Who could really, say? no one on Earth could say. God, the narrow casting is extreme this episode, and I am not criticizing. I have been... All we're doing is talking to else. each other, talking about our friends, <laughs> or objectifying 60s funny women. <laughs> This is a bad podcast. <laughs> this is maybe our worst, this is maybe our worst episode yet. Which is a shame because I really liked this show. Yeah, this show is so, so good. She arrives at her new apartment in yeah. Minneapolis, uh, and definitely not an LA based set. Uh, and definitely not friend, an LA uh, ass fucking like like what they thought apartments looked like in the fucking seventies. Definitely not that. Yeah, this gigantic home basically that she's in, uh, and Rhoda. She, her friend Rhoda, she has like no. a debate over her. Friend who. is not friend is not the Rhoda's later. Her, she's the landlord. Phyllis is first. Ph- yeah, okay. Phyllis. So of course Leachman, Phyllis is there uh, with her and she has a daughter who is a child actor. That sounds like they're still f- doing stuff from 1960. Yeah. Circa. Uh, it's 1970 in, in the Midwest. <laughs> that is 1960. Like, but no one else is doing presentation acting except she's still like a Oh golly! Like, yeah. know, like uh, she's a lassie child. That's what all children were like in 1970. That's what Sally Draper has led me to believe, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steven, you're grimacing and making I have to go, motions. I have to go I pull. Just, a ch- I have to go pull a chicken out of the oven. Okay. Let's talk about Cloris Leachman, though. You can just say poop. No, I literally have to pull a chicken know, out of the oven. I know. I know. I'm always roasting fo- birds. I, I, I mean, I can talk about Cloris Leachman. Uh, Okay, the reason why Leachman, I was making also the reason why, the reason I was making all those faces is because I had a I had a thought in my head and I have to tell you and I'm very sorry I considered not telling you. And that okay. is Twitter handle Clitoris Lixman. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that only would have been acceptable uh, right after she died, uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's too bad. Um <laughs> Cloris Leachman rules, uh, very funny person, young Frankenstein, uh, yeah. Malcolm in the middle is they're just like acidic grandma when she would appear. That was always a good up. Yeah. Uh, she's in the last picture show, which is a movie I find really boring, but is a very highly acclaimed film. Uh, Cloris. Yeah. Cloris. People aren't named Cloris anymore. Were people named Cloris? Change, then? change the Travis chain. Travis change that. Be the change you want to see in the world. Have a kid Planning named to Chloris. have a daughter named Chloris. Yeah, have a daughter named Chloris. Do it. Chloris Marmon. I mean, a lot of really old names are coming back. Chloris uh, is wild. So, yeah. 
and then uh, yeah, Rhoda is sort of like the the landlord, uh, right? She has. Are we gonna, the, what she are you going to talk? Wait, sorry. What are you going to talk about, Cloris Leachman? Did you just say she's great for like? She's great. Here's stuff sentences. that she's great in. Oh, okay. That's what I said. All right. I'm it's, not a Cloris Leachman expert. Cloris Leachman died from COVID nineteen, huh? She oh, was ninety. Nice. She was ninety four. If there wasn't for COVID, she might have made it a whole like one more year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It's she one. has complications from a stroke and COVID. Like that's a yeah. that is a one where I'm like I'm gonna go with died with COVID on this one when you're ninety four. Wow. Um, she she took it down with her. She took COVID down with yes, her. Yes, correct. It's, 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 over it's due to her that we were able to live. She absorbed all she of the virus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, she's. It was like the Independence Day, but it was COVID. <laughs> Why doesn't she have statues <laughs> everywhere? Well, you know, I had asked that anyway. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, whatever. We're just getting a basic setup of like who the characters are, and we get to learn about how Mary. Uh, the reason that she's single is because her. Uh, fiance that went to medical school and residency and he was like after too long you know kept telling her string her along they'd get married after his you know med school was done he got settled and then he was like why rush into things and she broke it off anyway she is uh, applying for a job as a secretary at a local news station and when she arrives that position has already been filled but she do we ever meet the, the secretary anyway. That gets hired? I don't think so. <laughs> Molson's. Okay, so she gets an interview anyway with the boss, Lou Grant, yeah. played by the king at Asner. The king. Because, uh, you know, he's like, I don't know, I have another position. He has an assistant producer position open. Uh, Associate that producer. Pays less than the secretary. I do, I, I do love this writing where it's like, why did she get hired? Oh, he was drunk and thought she was hot. Like, yeah. you know what? Great. Yeah. This whole interview she's seems really funny. I really liked it. Um, they did a great job. She's yes. got spunk and, and she, and he hates spunk. Yeah. The answering the question that was previously asked. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well um, written uh, farcical things, especially when it's an answer that could plausibly be to the next yeah. question. Yeah. It's a lot like, conversations with one of our co-hosts i yeah. found that seemed to be very much like <laughs> yeah that. maybe i followed uh, it like i didn't even get the joke because i was just like oh yeah yeah if if i'm having a conversation like this i am in my lane thriving moisturized that <laughs> meme like honestly that is my ideal state where we are just jumping through three different subjects um, and Ian, this is a compliment. Like I, you're, you're one of the people who it is easiest to do this with. Um, anyway, he asked her a series, a mix of, uh, personal and professional questions. Uh, the, you know, the best is still just like, well, how many ways, how many ways are, or how many reasons are there not to get married? Yeah. And then and she then, says like 65 and he was like, words per minute. And she's like, no, wait, well, you know. <laughs> No, 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 no. She, it is. Yes. Where she, right. she, she pauses yes. and he goes, she was like, words per minute. Right. You're answering the questions that I previously asked. That's when. And, yeah. then, and then and then he goes, and then he goes, I wish, uh, you know, I'd appreciate it if you answered the questions when I asked them. And she's like, mm -hmm. well, I'd appreciate it if you asked me less personal questions. I don't know. I thought this was fun. Yeah, I was having was great. fun. I also really liked when he was like, anyway, what are you going to do? Call the cops? You wouldn't call the cops. You're not a snitch, Mary. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I do like people the like HR cops. I do like people profiling Mary based on like her demeanor and appearance and being like, <laughs> like literally wrote at the beginnings, like you're not that bitch. And she's like, I could be, no, you're right. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but also it's just a lot of the, the, why is this extremely attractive 30 year old woman not married? Like the, the judgment of the era where it's like, she might as well just be some spinster. Right. I kind of like that in that, like, I don't know. It's just, it's nice to see it uh, and, and, and say it and have it out there, especially from a person who is not particularly, you know, there, this isn't the good guy in this, in this scene. So it's, it's fun it's to see that guy. perspective. <laughs> well, like it's a good actor, but yeah, it's not right. a good you know Ed what I'm Ru- saying? Ed oh Ru- yeah. No, good. I just, yeah. At this point he has not gone through character development yet. He is, right. The drunk guy who manages the station. They they fucking chickened out. Can I just say really quick that they they fucking uh, it was such a cop out that he was like, "Oh, you live in one of my favorite neighborhoods," and they didn't even say the name of the Minneapolis neighborhood because they couldn't be bothered to even look one up. I also would have accepted basically anything. Yeah, say yeah. whatever, but like they couldn't even be bothered. To Matt, just can you quickly? Matt, can you name some Minneapolis neighborhoods for me, real or fake? <laughs> Real or fake? Manhattan. <laughs> Staten Fuck Island. Off! Fuck Brooklyn. off! Fuck off! The Bronx. Fuck you! <laughs> God damn it! There you go. Ding. I fucking opened the door up. There was a neon <laughs> sign pointing, and I still was just like, I nothing bad's going to be through this door. <laughs> Do you guys know why this show was set in Minneapolis? Because no. it's also very stupid. Why? Tax uh, According to co-creator Alan Burns, Minnesota was selected for the show's location after, quote, one of the writers began talking about the strengths and weaknesses of the Vikings. Oh, that you can't say that's bullshit. That's the most huge reason for ever naming a television <laughs> program. So just talking about the purple people eaters. Some, guys like, named, some guy named Travis Marmon was sitting in the writer's room and was talking about how much the Vikings suck. He's talking about his Kirk Cousins, the best worst quarterback in the NFL, the best bad QB in the NFL. Or something. Travis, what if Travis, I saw a show you, there? Travis, how are you doing with the fact that your team has scored and allowed the most points ever through four games? At least they're entertaining. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it was great. Today they did that with like literally half of their offensive production was injured too. But yeah, they got zero for zero punts and had zero takeaways and gave up two long touchdowns on drop plays. Ugh. So pretty so, disappointing. So Gary Cuozo was their starting quarterback uh, that year. Who the hell is that? I thought it was Tarkenton um, or this or maybe. Because there's there's a shot of her in one of the title sequences where she's wearing a Fran Tarkin jersey and stuff. Like seventies, the seventies Vikings are really in good. The, in the finale. Oh, maybe it's in the finale. This, mm. The seventies Vikings, like they went to the Super Bowl. Like, oh right, this no, time. yeah, sorry. The nineteen seventy Minnesota Vikings went twelve and two, uh, yeah. and uh, <laughs> lost. Have, like, the, all, in they have like the, all Hall of Famers on the D line and stuff. Well, and, yeah, okay. Yeah, their defense was incredible, but their offense looks to be fine. <laughs> their quarterback was not a not known guy that year. Yeah, okay. not in, not in seventy, not in the year that they decided to make the show. I think Tarkenton mm-hmm. took over later. I think I'm just going to tweet out a photo of Mary Tyler Moore in a Fran Tarkenton jersey. No words, no <laughs> caption, just, <laughs> just sending it out there, putting it out into the atmosphere. Mick Fran Tarkenton, fun, uh, fun old guy. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Watch. I'm sorry. Mick Tinglehoff is a guy who played for the Vikings, also. Yeah. Time out. Sorry, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that the other what guy more Grey's Anatomy that Travis was trying to what think of a couple <laughs> weeks ago? No, one of their star- one of the starters on the 1970 Minnesota Vikings, Mick Tinglehoff, and that the guy who played next to him, Irish, and the guy next to him, Milt, Milt, 
Milk? Milt Sunday. Milt Sunday. Milk Sunday. Milt, milk Sunday. <laughs> His name is Milt Sunday. <laughs> Milt with a T. M-I-L-T. Milt His Sunday. name is Milt Sunday. <laughs> Milt Sunday, yes. There's <laughs> <laughs> some weird football names. I do, <laughs> I do feel sometimes bummed I missed out on the era of professional sports where like guys were drafted more territorially or territorially and thus like yes of course all the people on the Vikings have names like Mick Tinglehoff yeah and, like there's 12 <laughs> guys named Lars or yeah. whatever like we don't get that anymore uh where are we at she gets the job but we're also yeah. then we're introduced to Murray uh the sassy uh, news writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Ted Baxter, the idiot anchor, which Incredible. I feel was perhaps an influence. I had fun with Ted Baxter. An idea that uh, James L. Brooks really liked is uh, the anchors are fucking dumb as rocks. Uh, he carried that over to broadcast news. <laughs> that fucking joke in broadcast news where it's just like, but if I'm just handsome, what could I be? Or whatever it is. <laughs> and then it just says future news anchor. Yeah, I feel like he just really had some contempt for the, for the on-air talent at CBS. Yeah, she gets to drop. We're introduced to the kooky cast of characters. Then we go back to her house. Where uh, there are more kooky characters. That's right. Yeah, there are more people, and we uh, learn that Lassie her ex child. is coming to visit. I really like the way Cloris Leachman was like, that was a secret for mommy to tell her. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the <laughs> d- ang- angriest look ever when the kid like blurts out, your boyfriend's coming, and just like... Just to be honest, I, I, I was impressed by the girl, by the by the by the little girl's disappointed face when she didn't compliment her room. I was like, man, like as far as just like do a face, do a despondent face child. I was like, oh, child. I like, I like it. <laughs> that's, that's how I would direct good, children. Good if I was a director. <laughs> you, I would love child. to see that. Do a despondent face child. How do we feel? So Ted Baxter. Yeah. His real name is Ted Knight. Yeah. Now we've, we've, I've said before my feelings of if you're, character has the same first name as the actor it means that you feel they were too dumb to answer to anything else that's right unless unless your name is the name of the show yes. yeah because then they, they need you to be famous because then they're right. thinking the audience is too dumb to expect you to be anything else <laughs> but him playing yes himbo excellence and being named ted it really just hammers it home for me yeah no, just the way ed asner is like you mispronounced chicago you wore his makeup bib for half an episode I just kept thinking of how he would have said it. Chicago. 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 Chick A go. Anyway, yeah. Back at the house, she learns her boyfriend's coming. Uh, B- uh Bill. She Bill or her ex boyfriend. Oh, actually, I just have to say, I knew it was from this show, but throughout the entirety of my life I've heard both of my parents say the phrase, You've got spunk. I hate spunk. And now you and know. knowing Knowing that it was episode one was where I was like, oh, shit. Or does he say this all the time? It's he a might kid, say this all the time. It's a catchphrase. Yeah, it very much could be a catchphrase. But, like, they even mention, like, it's so important, that line that it's in the Wikipedia, like, brief synopsis is, like, Lou concludes that Mary has spunk and hires her as an associate producer. Which, as somebody once said, associate producer, associate anything means you're either the hardest working person on the on that set or in the environment or you have never done anything in your entire life and your parents are rich <laughs> there is no in between yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're either doing everything or nothing yeah so she changes to get ready for bill to appear she thinks about showing more cleavage and then decides against it and goes coward to herself uh <laughs> for not doing that uh 
and this is what I say to all of my friends when they text me uh, outfit questions. And they're just like, what if I went with this? And then whichever option they don't pick that I like, whenever they don't pick my option, I do call them cowards. This is a true thing that happens in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a buzz at the door. Travis doesn't understand because he's never sent me a fit pick, nor has he ever received a fit pick. That's probably true. It's also true. <laughs> there, there is something, there is something about like having a brand and people knowing your brand. Like, do you know, Brands. I wish that I had a better memory and like we it know. is a bit you say this all the time it is a bit so I might actually commit to it but the idea of every time I go out I send Travis a pic of my outfit and ask him how he, how he th- what he thinks of it like, especially because especially because I'd be go- I'd be like oh it'd be like 11 a.m. his time yeah. <laughs> when I'm going out. It's <laughs> a picture at 11 a.m. It's like, what do you think of my picture? Fucking thoughty Steven picks to uh, Travis at 11 a.m. Oh, this is, oh, this is such a time. great bit. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> this though. is a really good you had to bit. Do it at least once. I gotta do it. I have to do it. And then it's just Travis looking great. <laughs> Yeah, looks good. Looking King, good, or I for, or I don't respond. Those are probably the two things. <laughs> I was wow, say, Travis, <laughs> build you up respond, your homies, Travis. Travis, if you don't respond, you are gonna get called out on this podcast. That's probably about the extent of your punishment. <laughs> so, lose at the door. He's drunk. He got sloshed at the local saloon, as he calls yeah, it. What's that saloon? Uh, Doesn't matter. Yeah. What neighborhood are they in? Doesn't matter. Fuck you. <laughs> First Avenue. He saw a. Performance by like a teenage wonderkind named uh, Prince Nelson. Exactly. Um, Remaking Mary Tyler Moore show, but you just pepper in lots of references to the future of music. She just missed out on like the Minneapolis alternative boom and stuff. Yeah. Like what could have been? Um, Bob Mould's guest starring role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He comes in. He's wasted. He compliments her ass, but then says it's not as good as his wife's. Um, He's now the caboose wife guy. Uh, it's in, in Twitter parlance, uh, and he's like, I mean, "She's leaving for a month." You know, Mary thinks that he's trying to like make a move on her, but he actually he's just very sad. He that just his loves wife his wife. Is, he's trying he's to use away, her so he wants to write her a letter. And tries they to get divorced. Why in the world is she gone for a month? A month? What's happening to her sister? That's a long time as maybe an adult. Just, yeah, maybe she does live far away, and it's just a you know. In that era, it was not unusual for the wife to not work at all. So she probably, you know, they they don't have kids maybe. And then she has the time to do this and Lou can take care of himself. Steven, you've traveled for a month all the time, it feels like. And I have never had a wife. And everyone's been like, how is this guy doing this every time? (laughs) Yeah. And yet. Maybe you should stop thinking about traveling for a month and more about settling down, you know? Yeah. I, look, I would love if you guys if you guys have a wife for me, send her my way. We'll go on a date, see how it goes. We'll make a sitcom out of it. Sounds great. Boom, boom. Yeah, but yeah. He wants to to write a letter on a typewriter. Then Bill arrives, uh, very confused as to why her drunk boss is there. <laughs> He's so generic. He sucks. Uh, this actor's name is like Angus Duncan or something like insanely Scottish like that. Um. Cool name. He he sucks. Uh, I learned he's like the villain in something. He's like I won't do what it takes to be with Mary Tyler. Uh, yeah, I think he's the I think he's the like the perp or like the the defendant in Injustice for All. Sure. 
Uh, Good record. Anyway, he's there. Uh, he brought flowers that he just took from somebody's hospital room. You know, you know. Uh, you mentioned that his name is extremely Scottish, and yet he was born in Copenhagen. Huh. Yeah, that too. Huh. But yeah, he he took some flowers from a patient's room, brought them to Mary, and he attempts to say "I love you," but is like, "I love you." As a guy who has said the hesitating, uh, I love you, uh, it's brutal. The I love like you it feels like a bad friend. To say it or it feels bad or just like. Well, no, I, th- I feel like I, it feels bad to say it, but it absolutely feels worse for the person who it said to. It's just, you yeah. know, you can see it. You can Stevens, see them dying inside. Stevens, I love you like a friend that he said in the back of a car while on the phone with his girlfriend during one of the worst thunderstorms I've ever experienced in my entire life <laughs> was way worse than the storm. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, Lightning had just struck she, the street ahead of us and we all thought we were going a, to she die. Was, yes. She was not my girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He sort of, he says, I love you, but very badly. And she realizes that it was never meant to be because he really doesn't love her that way. He's Whereas, so lame. Yeah, He sucks. He sucks. Uh, yeah, she can do better. She so. could do so great. She could do great she, with this guy. His name is Ian Benson. He can be. <laughs> Excuse me, nineteen seventy Mary Tyler Moore. Are you are yeah. you available? Is this guy bothering you? Yeah. I say yeah. as she talks to her ex boyfriend. No, sorry, I have to go date Steve Martin and Warren Beatty after I get. God, um, murderers row. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rhoda, Rhoda, uh, asking the locksmith to break into the apartment and the locksmith being like, let me see your driver's license. No, fine. I'm going to memorize <laughs> your face. Pretty funny. <laughs> Very good. Also good. Uh, Rhoda, we, we talked earlier. Steven was like, she's the actual hot one. Uh, she was supposed to be frumpy and unattractive. And then they thought about not casting Valerie Harper cause she was too good looking and then just <laughs> dropped her being frumpy and unattractive after a few episodes. She's so attractive. I'd say they dropped it right away. They just uh, well, they dropped it for for us, yes. But like they attempted to have that be part of her character, yeah. And then we're like, it's always funny to see them do that. (laughs) Like like in Nashville, they're like they dropped uh, Hayden's character being a bad singer. Just like obviously, it's a TV show. Like you're not going to show somebody being a bad singer. That sucks. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And nobody wants people being uh, unattractive on their dang TV. I wonder if there's a, you know, if that fits into a larger conversation about uh, roles that are available to female actresses. But yeah. that's another time. Oh, um, well, I guess we should have watched the 90, or the 2000 made-for-TV movie Mar- uh, Mary and Rhoda, which was a spinoff of both. Hmm. Huh. All the women on this show, or all the major female characters, reunited for an episode of Hot in Cleveland. Hell yeah! Oh, that's fun. I, I a show that looms large in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, I, I did. I did think it was nice. I, I, like I did. I, I when you watch a show that was that's this old, and for the first five minutes of the show, there are not of like plot and like exposition. There is not a male in that mm. like my brain was like oh like it, like it just no i just noticed because it just doesn't happen right. it's, like yeah, yeah it focuses on her but normally it's like okay here she is let's show who she is by having her interact with a man and they do do that but it's not the first thing right. and they literally introduce three three and a half characters that are women based on you know 
name the naming convention the naming convention of certain Charlie Sheen shows uh, that uh, before they before they introduced sure. Ed Asner. That's true. Um, on, I just anyway, want to uh, just, just to go back for a sec. We're not allowed to do Hot in Cleveland until we do at least like Golden one Girls? day at a time. No, no, no. No, because then what will happen is the four leads will have previously appeared at least once, oh and it will God. just be It'll like be an, an Infinity game. Gauntlet moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Because uh, we the, haven't done Valerie Bertinelli yet, but yeah, the other stars of Hot in Cleveland are uh, Jane Levy, Wendy Malick, and Betty White. So yeah. two have appeared multiple times, or all of those have appeared. Wendy Malick is an all-star already. We should do yeah. Touched by an Angel, to be honest. That's, the that's one on we my do. list. Is that what we, you mean that's a compelling argument. <laughs> anyway, she gets her, her All you best needed to say was, we should do Touched by an Angel. And, angel, and I was like, mm, you're right, we should. <laughs> she gets her best you know, sort of line of the episode when uh, you know, Bill leaves and he goes, take care of yourself. And he goes, I think I just did. That's uh, pretty good. Zing, audiences, baby. Did, did audiences at that time, or like the live studio audience, didn't know how to go. Oh, <laughs> at it. they were just like, hmm. yeah. They learned. They learned how to do that in the nineties. Yeah. You could tell this was a real live studio audience sometimes when, like, um, people would at some point someone like tra- takes an awkward step over that weird like step in her apartment, and a guy goes like, whoa, like because he thinks <laughs> that someone's about to fall down. Like you could, there's like weird individual. Uh, I actually, I actually would really like to have that, that experience one time. Like, I don't think I will go to a but like taping. just the idea of going to a sitcom taping and then being like, all right, be really big in your reactions and me being like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be too big. They'd kick you out. The list of notable guest stars on touch by an angel is very long and it features the two greatest lines back to back. I've ever read the English language and sync of street performers, Mandy Patinkin as Satan. <laughs> we got to do an angel. <laughs> we got to do an angel. Interesting, they'd cast a Jewish man as Satan. Um, oh, <laughs> ooh. So, Doctor uh, John as himself. He should be playing Satan. What? What else? Is there anything There's left in this really episode? There, there is a workplace thing in this episode again. I don't have any anything beyond. No, she gets the job. Show. She that's like yeah. Does she go? Uh, or well, no. She talks about how she wants something to do at work. That's yeah. it. That's the only other. Oh yeah, all she's one. doing there is sitting there sharpening pencils. Man, that sounds, sounds nice. great. Mary Tyler Moore is an is an icon of quiet quitting. <laughs> so that's that's basically the pilot of Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, you're, you know, a solid entry. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, certainly, as far as sitcom pilots go, a good one. They rocked. I had a great some time. Some of it was I very funny. A lot. I certainly would not watch more of this, but some, yeah, it was it was pleasant enough for a Sunday afternoon. Yep. I watched it on the bus. Had a nice time. Uh, it went down wonderful. I treated it like shots, and I'm ready for more. Yeah. Ready for more. So uh, we're on a time crunch here, so we can go straight into the finale, which is one of the most finale finales we've seen. Yeah. I think. Uh, can I talk about one thing really quick about uh, yeah. to, just from a... Uh, um, Minneapolis nowhere perspective. So the establishing shot of the building that she lives in is Riverside Plaza in the finale. Like she moves into a high rise and Riverside Plaza is a really interesting place for her to live because that is a sort of notorious building in the twin cities because it's this very like colorful kind of Mondrian looking building that over time was like a really big victim of like disinvestment and uh, basically became 
like it's colloquially known like among like students in Minneapolis as the crack stacks now uh, where it's like a big like drug dealing and like like very high crime area and like a very high like immigration area. So the city basically was like, we're not investing in this anymore. Uh, so it's really interesting that that is where Mary Tyler Moore lived. Cause I've been seeing that building forever and like <laughs> just hearing it referred to as the crack stacks. And then it was like, Oh, Mary Tyler Moore in the show lived in that building. <laughs> Did you ever see the statue of her throwing the hat? I don't think uh, so. Like I, also I, I, I learned, I believe memory was- of it. I believe Husker Du also covered this theme song and of did course. a video where it's like them in very in the various locations that are shown in the opening titles. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, that rocks. Bob Mold King. Love Bob Mold. Do you think they ever okay. met? Yes. Bob Mold and Mary Tyler Moore. Hundred percent. I'm checking that right now. <laughs> and she said to him, "She was like, I really loved Land Speed Record, but you guys got too popular." <laughs> No, that record is fucked up. That is a crazy sounding record. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Doesn't seem like they did. No, they did. They just here's like, Google imaging. Like where's it, where these people are photographed together? What about what like about uh, Westerberg? Westerberg uh, yeah. <laughs> what about Prince? Reading the Star Tribune from 2017 when the Super Bowl was held there. Apparently, they just sent Randy Moss to a bunch of the locations from the opening. Yeah, is the thing that they did. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and it just says, as for how Moss stacks up to Mary, he may not turn the world on with his smile, but he could, with a single dazzling catch, take a nothing game and make it all seem worthwhile. I love this. Wow. <laughs> Imagining Randy Moss doing one of his iconic like catches over somebody, but he's catching the hat. <laughs> so yeah, this finale, yeah. Uh, it's mostly about um, they're all getting fired from the station because the ratings for the 6 o'clock news are terrible. I want to know right. how the ratings could be bad for the news at this time. It's the 1977. 70s. Yeah, I don't know. I what don't the know. fuck yeah. else is on? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they're getting you... beaten by their competitors. Everyone's watching their competitors. Yeah, that's yeah, the all. other I... six o'clock news. Yeah, so whatever it is about how they're doing the news, they have. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm skipping sort of straight ahead to this meeting where they're all called in by the head of the network. I mean, um, that's the start. Yeah, more. Or less. Yeah, the phone, like, the there's start? the phone call, and there's yeah. the really good bit of this. Like, we've got to tell Ted. How are we going to break it to him? And Ted being like, "All you need to do is tell me everything's going to be all right." And then they're like, "Ted, we can't do that." And he's like, "No, no!" Him rallying everyone to support him by saying, "Yes," like, by, "You know, you're my best friend." They're like, "I don't think that." He's like, "So that's two for Teddy. If I don't get, if I yeah. get fired, we all quit." Okay. Yeah. So when they're called in, they go, they meet the head of the network, Ted, to protect himself, brings his entire family to uh, <laughs> to look as sympathetic as possible. You know who probably loves, loved the, the character of Ted? Who's that? Phil Hartman. Hey, people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should, it should have been Phil Hartman. Ted yeah. brings his entire family to make him look sympathetic, including <laughs> Even the fucking what, dog. I choose to believe not having watched the show that the baby is not real and that she's just has a yeah. <laughs> blanket and some objects because we're not ba- really it's the we're ba- not the giving evidence from- otherwise. Wait, does this mean we have to put the American sniper baby on the, uh, yeah, the, the American sniper <laughs> baby? <laughs> we have to put fucking uh, uh, cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch on the all star watch list also because he's the it was that actually him. It's the same actor. Yeah. I thought I was just being like, I don't know, racist <laughs> against like white people of the seventies. 
No, it's the same kid. I literally uh, in my notes go, call this an Oliver ass, but I didn't think it was actually him. <laughs> it's really him. Uh, the guy, who, the kid who is credited for the, destroying the Brady Bunch. Um, the, the, the kid the who kid looks chose like... chose to um, destroy the show. Yeah. The, the kid who he was like... He appeared and everyone was like, I hate this child. And they stopped watching the Brady Bunch. That's my understanding well, of, what, of how that went. He looks like if Paul Williams was cursed to age in reverse. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, basically. I'm not here to basically, body shame anyone, but this is Paul Williams with the Benjamin the, Button the disease. hair and the glasses, yeah. It's what it is. So, right. Ted brings his whole family in, and the, the boss says, well, you know, when the news is, the rings are as bad as six o'clock news is, you have to figure out what the problem is in front of the camera or behind the camera. And I'll have to trust my instincts. Ted, you're keeping your job. The rest of you guys are all fired or whatever. And Ted gives a really uh, good speech. He's going to be like, they, I'll go down with them. And then he's like, but not, not really. I want to keep my job. Sorry. I just had a moment of panic where I had to check the voice roles done by Robbie wrist. The actor who played cousin Oliver, who is more likely to appear on this show again, not from the Brady bunch, but from any of his anime voice performances, oh. including characters across the entire Naruto franchise. I know franchise. I've seen him as an adult, huh? and he looks like a guy who watches a lot of anime. I didn't what realize the that, that he was an anime mean? voice actor. He looks, that, like, what, he looks like Miles Garrett? No, he didn't. He looks like no, Zion Williamson? He does not look like a modern young black man. He looks like a comic book guy. <laughs> Can't get over my dad trying to stump me on what is manga. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> he was so smart. Tell the story for the podcast. So my parents were in Seattle recently and they went to like, I think just the Barnes and Noble that was by their hotel for a bit. And uh, my dad comes up to me later on. And he was like, Travis, I bet I have you stumped at the bookstore. <laughs> you know, he's like smirking. And he's like, they had a section for manga. What do you think manga is? <laughs> And I was I like, thought, Japanese comic books. And he was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I am 30. <laughs> like, I, why, 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 do I not, why do I not know that? That just also just... And then he was like, I bet they don't have that at the bookstore in Detroit. And I was like, I bet they do. <laughs> I bet have it's them, really popular there. They have them everywhere. That just is such like a misreading of you, of current popular culture. Yeah. Every subsequent level of that guess is wrong and hilariously so. It's very strange... Yeah, not only is it weird that your dad didn't think you knew what manga was, but it also feels like the idea of your dad trying to stump you is kind of just very cute. It's so funny. Like, I, I don't think my mom, my dad's ever been he like... He knows that I know a lot of things. But you don't know this fact. <laughs> I think that's fun. Yeah. I, I'm glad people don't I do think it it's, to me. No, I'm telling it you it's cute. It would be fun for me, but I know that it's fun for you, Travis. New bit just dropped. Hot new bit. Stump Matt. <laughs> So easy to do. It's crazy how easy it is to stump me. Do you think you can find stump the Schwab anywhere? I knew this day was coming. The th problem <laughs> with Matt is we just Don't have to ask him questions it, about Sparts. Yeah, you you can ask me about like stuff that I even should have sensibly know about, and I it's, I'm easy to stump. It's okay. He doesn't know that many things. He knows a lot about a few things. Yeah. One of those types. Yeah. If you come to me with a question about some, one of my really specific areas of knowledge and you can stump me on it, like congrats, but I don't think you're going to dig deep enough to do that. Anyway, uh, so they're all, they go about cleaning out their desks. 
saying their goodbyes. Mary tries to argue. He said, you guys, and thus excluded her. Uh, oh, yeah, this then she calls. Yeah. Calls. That, and was like, I no, just want to clarify. Yeah. I well, want to clarify. He said, you guys, oh, especially me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, oh, oh, I see how it is. Good phone acting. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, especially me. Oh, okay. Well then. Yeah. Uh, we get to meet Betty White's character because she wasn't introduced till season four. She was awesome. Uh, she was really funny. She's supposed to be like really man hungry, but yeah. she, uh, her on air persona attractive. is like a wholesome ma- matronly figure. That's fun. She's also deeply attracted like to, to Ed Asner, which like, of course, who isn't even Mary and, and Lou go on a date at some point. Um, how could you say no to the raw animal magnetism of Ed Asner? I couldn't. I love once again the thing of the Thirty Rock comparisons, and there's like there was also there was always a lot of tension between like Liz and Jack, and it's very funny to like trade in Ed Alc Baldwin for Ed Asner for the same and try and do that yeah. same effect. Was it was it not weird that they kiss? I it was a weird kiss. It, it wasn't like romantic or anything. It just seemed odd. Who kisses? I they kiss yeah. on the mouth. Kiss? Ed Asner kisses Mary Tyler Moore on the mouth in the last. Does scene. he? Yeah, there's just yes. called Italian he, style friendship. He yeah. does. <laughs> it's yeah, the I guess it kiss. just didn't occur to me, you know. <laughs> In the big hug thing, he like turns to her specifically and kisses her on the mouth. I do that with my boss all the time, but like I get that yeah. that's again Italian style. But does your boss do that to you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Italian okay. style. It's just a different it thing. Been an you know? impro- it could have been an improv. Uh but we get to see these characters, you know in their element for the final time. We get Murray doing his, his barbs, his barbs. Uh, what? Oh, wait, um, sassy. Uh, Nicki Minaj fans are there. <laughs> he, summon, he summons the barbs. Oh, no, uh, to, you got to get out of there, guys. To tell Mary Tyler Moore that she's in her flop era or whatever. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, uh, and basically most like there is a point where she returns to her apartment before the cleanup desk. I guess I'm skipping where she's also reunited with Rhoda and like Lou brings Rhoda and Phyllis. Uh, that's very like, sweet. He called them in or something. And it's, you know, basically everything about this was very meta. Like this finale was entirely about like, we are saying goodbye to this sitcom that you've watched for several years because so much of the this stuff is, is one like, way to do it. You guys are my family. It's like, you could just hang out outside of work. And well, they, they apparently do. You could do that. So I don't know. They're all moving. They all have to. Uh, he's gonna. Right, they're yeah. all getting spinoffs. Didn't, and they all have didn't, to leave. You, didn't you see that they're <laughs> literally true. all moving to County Tipperary? Like that's, <laughs> that's it's gonna true. be hard. I know Lou Grant moves to LA because I know I did read that. That's what Lou Grant is about. Is he works at like a newspaper there, and it's like a journalism drama. I don't know where Rhoda or Phyllis are set, but they've already moved from my assumption. Oh man, the scene uh, where they come back husband is died. like. It, it's excruciating. It's, it felt like it was like five hours long. Could have gone for five hours. Would have had a great time. Terrible to watch. One of the worst yeah, scenes fine. I've seen in a long time. You're one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. You fool. Bad scene. Sorry. <laughs> His scenes all fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They have a conversation. You you can if you've ever seen a, a finale for a show. It's this yeah, it's boring, pretty forced. I gotta say shit that nobody wants to see. I wanted to see this all. It's I was saying goodbye to my good friends who I'd met 25 minutes yeah. before. <laughs> like, and I got very oh emotional. I was like, damn, how am I going to keep going on without these people who I just met? 
despite being set in Minneapolis, yeah. it actually had less of a Protestant vibe than other finales that we've watched. So I was <laughs> thankful for that. Yeah, there's no marriage in this, and so no baby. Um, the that's set isn't destroyed, but they all are. They all are fired from it and are not there's, allowed to return. There is the like. I feel like it. It maybe it doesn't count as destruction of the main set, but like this is like a sitcom specific thing. Turning off the light is the end of the episode of the finale. I feel like bro, that happens bro, that so, is, so many shows love that though. I don't know. Maybe that should be on the board too. Ah, uh, that is a classic. Also, yeah. uh, then it's also why in post-apocalyptic things, they love to spray paint. Uh, last one left to turn off the lights. They're all referencing the Mary Tyler Moore show. Of course. Oh, Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The final scene at the station is just all them hugging, and there's yeah. the famous scene where like they're all in a group hug, and then they're like, "Who wants? He's a tissue," and they all just move as like a that's cute. Human centipede of hugging at the to the yeah, tissue. The well, it's it's because Ted gets on there because you know he's the he's the one who's not leaving, and yeah, so he, gets he on the TV does his final broadcast. He gets Imagine on the TV and he's doing like, "I'm trying final to- broadcast after you got canned." Like all these people it's, did the you last could burn day a lot of, of bridges there. It's a, it's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, they could go out Dude, of legends. I, yeah, I would fuck um, some shit up. But but they told the news. They were newsmen through and through. They reported the news. I cannot wait. Or whatever That's the, the most fuck important thing. Whatever is said in that fucking news. uh, that newsroom clip. Mm-hmm. But no, um, because uh, Ted gets up there and sings. You know, well, he doesn't sing. He, he just starts by saying he couldn't figure out what to say as he was saying goodbye to these friends and he's a big idiot. So he goes for a sweet moment as he fumbles around trying to say he's speaking from the heart Yeah, and then just starts uh, uh, quoting It's a Long Way to Tipperary uh, which is like a song that was sung by soldiers during World War One. Sure. Have any of you guys ever had like a work family? No. Like do you guys have work friends that you're this close with? No. I have one friend from work that I'm really close with. But, Did it not yeah. feel that way, like at the Worcester Voice or whatever? I, but I guess a little bit. I don't know. But that's uh, also like the whole like college graduating thing as well. Yeah, so right. that's weirder yeah. mix. Oh, you know what? You know. I did have something like this. Is Literally, when the no seven times. No, no, like. Well, I mean, yeah, there was tons of that, but that wasn't work, like literal work. It's, uh, I, it's the dube. Of closing. course. Yeah, yeah. When the dube closed, we, we literally sang, I will go down with this ship. And it was like a bit until it turned into not a bit. And we actually started crying. <laughs> oh, like, my God. I will go down with this ship. Yeah, you can roll your eyes all you want. You've no emotions, you, you dang. Hey, guys, Matt, you got to Matt. You should just leave now. Matt, you should just leave now. Huh? Paul Christ is out as Wisconsin coach, so we have to do we have Whoa! to do it. <laughs> Matt just leave now. Matt just walk away. Matt just walk but away. Matt was, Matt cares a lot about Wisconsin. So he saw them fast. play football once. You lose to an ex Wisconsin coach one time. Well actually two times. You get they your fucking ass well. Did beat they in lose by to him. Yeah, fucking They lost to Lovey, I think, the previous time. Oh yeah, they, I, yeah, Matt just they leave. Lost, this is what happens when you lose to Bert. When Bert moves to oh Arkansas, then goes to Illinois, and then suddenly you've gotten surpassed by Illinois. Who are they going to hire? There are so many coaches fired. What the fuck? Yeah, it was like Colorado fired Durrell, but like they were truly you know maybe Harson's the worst team gone. of all time in Power 5. You know Harson's gone after this year. They're like two they and three. Him. Yeah, I guess so. Dang. Wild stuff. Uh, it's upper Midwestern. Okay. It's related big, to this. Big, uh, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. The question, big question. 
Who coaches the bowl if they make one? Um, does Barry come back to coach like the an, bowl? Like eighty-year-old Alvarez. Does, you guys, does Barry is Alvarez even still coach the, AD? the bowl? I think he is. Um, you guys, the other important thing to note is that this news was announced mere moments after uh, the Packers, a Packers wide receiver, dropped a ball in the end zone. <laughs> like. <laughs> they waited for the moment Rough that the ball was dropped in there, and they're like, go with the news now! Run news it down! Dump. Now! Now! <laughs> Barry Alvarez is 75. I don't believe he is the Wisconsin AD, but they could bring him back. Like, he'd do it. Come on. Hey, right. Barry. Colorado, go hire Paul Christ right now. Why not? Chris McIntosh? Chris McIntosh. Okay. Whatever. I thought it'd be Brian wow. This um, is, what's more, wow. What's more Mary Tyler Moore show than talking about fo- mi- upper Midwest football at the end? Yeah. Do you think she got really into the Gophers while she was uh, living in the Twin Cities? She well, actually yeah, she loved all the drawn out winters and hated the Golden Gophers. Mm. I don't know. I mean, we've literally, we, we got through the end of the episode. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. It's truly just 25 minutes of people saying goodbye. It sucks. To it's so basically the audience. It's one of those finales. Can it I really ask, touched me, and I enjoyed it. Can I ask, what um, what is Mary Tyler Moore herself's relationship to Minneapolis? Like, did it blossom with this None, show in any way? Or, like, I know that people in, like, there's, like, murals of Mary Tyler Moore in Minneapolis. Yeah. But, like, did she ever go there one time? Do you think probably to film the opening sequence? Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> like, stuff like that. I like to imagine that they do this in Cincinnati for WKRP in Cincinnati. Like there's just murals of Frazier here. And yeah, all these things are shot on back. Cheers, but it doesn't matter. Right, yeah. Of course. It's, but it's, it's like, it becomes iconic in its own way. But even though they're like, yeah, we know it's not really there. I don't know. No, no, no sitcom is anywhere. They're all shot. <laughs> they're, they're all shot all on a back lot. LA. Yeah. Think of how many things were, you know, as we talked about in the, uh, oh boy, what was that show called? Heart of Dixie. That's what it was called. Like, we're just like, oh, this <laughs> yeah, is also the town from Gilmore Blue Girls. Bell? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it was. Fake just different doubling as fake Alabama. I don't know. It bothers me more on dramas or whatever. Right. Uh, well, to not film a location. Well, there's no locations anymore anywhere. They're all just green screens. Correct. Thank you. Thank you, Epic Games, for your wonderful technology that allows the Mandalorian to look like it does. And is the reason why everyone is fawning over Andor, because uh, there are real sets. And also have references to heat. Should I watch that one? Yeah, it rocks. Again, there's references to heat. I'd rather just watch he heat. He kills a guy. Yeah, and then, that might be a thing when I'm chilling by myself. I'm going yeah. up. He kills a guy, uh, and then the other guy's like, no, no, don't do it. And he's like, what's another body, man? You know? <laughs> like He's like, yeah. So it's two mi- two murders or just a murder like and a when, witness. Just like when I Carly referenced the wire. Um, <sighs> How my hair look? Yeah, I mean that was the Mary we Tyler Moore show. Carly, like, like there's so, so many I guess there's shows a continuation. we have to do. Then we have y'all. to talk about that really creepy Nick guy. Yeah, we right? have to talk about we have to That's talk about the guy who is yeah feet Dan Schneider. And whatever. Instead, he's creepy yeah. for other reasons. Instead, keeping in mind that it's October, what are we watching next week? So. I think today is the day where finally a Berlin wall of this podcast partially comes down. We're not bringing it down, but we're going to start allowing interactions with the form of this medium that we have so far not explored. Oh, geez. I think it's finally time flash animations streaming to check out a show that ended on streaming, but didn't start on streaming. Okay. A show that, I think some people here watched some of, but I don't know if anyone ever went back and finished it. And if you get mad at me for picking it, 
it only underscores the fact that you were never going to get around to it. We're going to talk search party. I finished Search Party, so and I'm very okay. excited to do Search Party based on the beginning and ending of that show. I've thought about so. <laughs> watching Search Party so much. I watched the whole first season. My best friend's former boss is the lost woman in Search Party. And we are your friend um, four bosses is Chantal Winterbottom. Uh, okay, we are going to talk about all of that next week. <laughs> <laughs> do not get ahead of ourselves. That is correct. So it seems like Matt is going to be the one to tell us what Search Party is. Yeah. Matt, I'm putting 30 seconds on the clock. You tell me everything you think you know about Search Party starting now. Search Party is apparently a funny television show. So I'm going to say that it's a comedy that was on Netflix at the end. It got canceled at some point because it wasn't that good and not that many people watched it, but they brought it back because there was an annoying fan base. Um, it's definitely spooky in some way because otherwise Ian wouldn't have picked it. And if he picked something that isn't spooky, then we're going to have to make him repick uh, something for this week. Um, I'd say it's about looking for a missing person. And that's time. Why didn't we make Steven beholden to this for? Because <laughs> uh, we didn't think about the fact that this was being recorded yeah, in October. No, yeah, I didn't think about it. It's okay. My next uh, pick will also be in October. <laughs> but it will be released in November. Uh, but that true. was. That's you'll join us next week as we talk about the. TBS to HBO Max That's series fair. Search Party. Jeez. Which does involve as many things that we cover a woman in trouble. As I like to say, a woman in trouble. Wow. Thank you, as always, for your wonderful support. Uh, you can, you know, rate, review, subscribe, check my photography out at Syop Abelman on Instagram. You can listen to Flesh of the Stars and Arthur and Upstairs on Bandcamp.com. You, you, know, you can find Stephen wandering the streets of Dublin, as you always can. Yeah, I'm, I'm that guy that everybody always talks about. Comedy guy, walking guy, laughing guy, yeah. red, red-headed guy. Redhead guy in Ireland. <laughs> we got there at the end. <laughs> you, know, you know him, redhead guy, Dublin's redhead guy. Dublin's one and only redhead guy. Redhead guy. Stephen, can you bring us home so that we can then talk about Paul Christ for 10 minutes after Matt leaves? <laughs> no, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'll, I may never forget what Matt said tonight, but I'm sure going to try. <laughs> Bye, y'all.